Welcome to the DBS Films Podcast, a behind-the-scenes look into making indie films. Learn from DBS Films about their process, tips, and fun stories that all come with making multiple movies a reality. Hey everybody, welcome to the DBS Films Podcast. My name is Kelton, with me as always is my brother Brendan. Together we make movies with DBS Films. In this week's episodes, we're going to highlight why your first indie feature will most likely be bad. And there's good reasons for it. And there's reasons that we've learned and there's reasons that other filmmakers have learned and really just kind of highlights the process. So in these episodes, we're basically going to hop into what you can kind of expect to happen on your first indie films. As always, be sure to take a look at our Discord channel online because we make movies for our fans, with our fans. So if you ever want to be part of the movie making process, all you do is join our Discord channel for cast, crew, auditions, and even more behind the scenes awesomeness. Our newest feature, Horror in the Forest, could be out by the time you're listening to it. So if it is, be sure to go ahead and give us a rent and a review. So again, really in this episode, I wanted to kind of highlight a theme that we see a lot in indie filmmaking and the reasons for it. I think one of the biggest things I want to highlight in this episode is just kind of how filmmaking is honestly seen a lot differently versus other arts and um, creative processes out there. There's really this difference in filmmaking where I feel like a lot of people believe that they can make movies. One, I think movies are so accessible. You know, it's easy to watch. It's easy to think, hey, I can create an idea. I can do all these things. But I think what people really miss out is the actual creative part of it is really just a, a fraction of the whole management process that goes into filmmaking. So, you know, just to kind of hop right in there, you think a lot of people completely misunderstand what being a filmmaker actually means in the sense of having to organize this entire behemoth of a production where most people think it's just, you know, you have unlimited creativity and you snap your finger and you get exactly what's on your head to come onto the screen. Yeah, I would say that um, filmmaking and running a business are very similar, as in both people think that they could do it. Everyone thinks that they can run a business, that they can make a lot of money, and is extremely difficult. Hence, the 99% of people who fail at running a business, and I probably wager 99% of people will fail at making the movie that they want to make the first time that they do it. So um, it's difficult, and it looks easy on paper. You know, everyone, like you said, everyone's like, I have a really good script. I have a really good idea. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to snap my fingers together, and it's going to come out perfectly. And it's completely different. I think filmmaking is really unique because there's so many people involved on this process from start to finish that with each person, your idea, your vision kind of gets watered down unless you have a you know, a very powerful um, idea and mindset in order to keep essentially the train on the tracks. It took me pretty much, I'd probably say Murder House might have been the first time that movie is kind of like what I had in my head. So that was number 10, number 11. And so that took a lot of time for me just to tell the story that I wanted to tell, let alone, you know, that story, you know, whatever you think of it probably isn't the best story to be told. So just to get to the point of being able to tell a story, let alone whether it's good or bad, um, took me 11 movies to make. So if you're trying to do this on your first movie, um, you know, good luck. It's going to be very difficult because you just don't have the experience. You don't have the know-how to make sure that everyone is aligned all the way through um, to get that vision that you want to kind of tell for that story that you want to um, you know, make a movie out of. Definitely is the case of kind of coming to grips with that. And it really only takes experience. I think the first thing I do want to caveat is in no way are we saying you shouldn't make movies 
or that, hey, don't even try. It's important and supporting a filmmaker and all of indie filmmakers is is huge. Getting any movie done is a massive milestone there. I think the main point of these episodes is to really help a lot of indie filmmakers who potentially are listening to this, who literally run into this situation. I think, you know, again, we scour the internet for behind the scenes and all of these different things when it comes to other indie filmmakers. And if you are making video logs, if you're making audio logs, bless you so much we're definitely listening and watching them and you have our full support but it's something we always see once you get in the post you know a first-time filmmaker is going to have that moment of oh man this is not what i thought it was so i feel like these episodes are really to highlight that feeling for indie filmmakers because it is an important element of filmmaking and you know like you said it took us all the way basically until the ninth movie and that's yeah, nine movies of us making these and we're still, you know, just framing our mental view of what this movie is going to be. So I think the big thing for me is, is making your first movie should be celebrated. I think these episodes are to help you have that right mindset to where it's not, you know, just you. It's not like you didn't screw up there. This is just part of the process. I mean, I agree. I think it's like anything. And like, once again, it's just, it's like anything. It is a skill. You have to get better at it. You get better at it through time. If like the, the one thing that I wish I could show filmmakers is how much better we get from movie to movie. And really the only way to kind of see that is by watching all our movies and God bless you. If you actually do that, especially the first eight, but the exponential gains that you get from one movie to the other, especially now that we have the flywheel moving, um, pretty quickly um the gains from murder house to the roger project to the bigfoot one which you just completed is exponential and i think it's two things that you really have to take away as a filmmaker number one you get much much better each time you do one of these and you kind of shift your mindset away from this whole thing of do one movie every three years because it's going to take you 10 years to get really good at this stuff and you should kind of shift the mindset to make as many movies as quickly as possible for as cheaply as possible because you're going to get so much better. I think a lot of filmmakers just don't understand how much better you're going to get, how much more the shoots are going to get better, how more efficient you're going to get, how much better at storytelling you're going to get. And if they saw that, I think that this whole mindset of making you know one movie every three to four years and really making sure this movie is perfect, that you have the budget, that you have the talent, everything's perfect – I think that mindset would shift to, all right, let's try and tell this story with the resources that we have as quickly as possible. Let's get it up. Let's get feedback and then make another movie. And I think the filmmakers who are going to make a lot of movie in the next five years are going to be the ones that are going to be more successful because they're the ones that are going to get better. And I think if we continue to talk about the compression and getting closer to the Netflix look and getting indie uh, filmmakers onto these bigger platforms, the only way that's going to happen is by making a lot of content. And if you look at the indie filmmakers right now who are doing a lot of content, they're the ones that are making their money back. They're the ones that are getting better and they're the ones that are getting um, you know better placement on some of these streaming platforms. That's definitely going to be the case. I mean, I think we see it all the time, quantity over what the perceived addition of quality would be. You know, you always want to make it a good quality movie as best as you can. But I think what ends up happening is, especially as a filmmaker, when you don't even know certain things, it's not like you can easily adjust that and improve the quality. You can spend a lot more time and effort and even have a worse quality item if you're doing things wrong. So I think the next thing I really want to tackle, and this is something unique in filmmaking, that I really want to, one, you know, give into potential filmmakers' heads because they might have this mindset. But then two, also, if you make a movie 
why you might end up getting some harsher reviews from other people. And that is for some reason, and I understand why, because I think it is a more accessible median, but for some reason, everyone thinks they can make a movie. Every single person, for the most part, usually thinks they can make a movie. And I think it's because they're thinking of the creative process. And I will agree in the sense that I think anyone can tell a story. But again, if you haven't actually done what filmmaking is, then you don't really know the the details of it. And I think we have an amazing analogy going, which is basically any other art, you would not have the same thing. You would sit down, you watch a movie, and then you go, you know what I could do? I could do, I could make a better movie. When was the last time you sat down at a concert, watched someone play? And this is, again, you have no experience playing any instruments because you have no experience filmmaking. And then they go on set, they play something, and you're like, you know what? I can I can play better than that. So I think, one, it's something where you're going to be overconfident going into this project. But then also other people, when they watch your end result project, they're going to naturally think they can do better, too. So it's a very weird mindset that occurs in filmmaking. Um, but it is something that I think filmmakers need to understand so they don't go into overconfident. And then two, understand why people have more feedback because they think, you know, they think they know what they're doing. They think they know what they're talking about, but they have not the slightest clue. Yeah, the reviews are always harsher, especially in indie stuff. Uh, for, you know, the point that you put, the, the point that you made, basically everyone thinks that they can do it. And it's very easy to look at a finished film and be like, oh, you know, this is an issue, this is an issue, this is an issue, this is an issue. And some of those things could have been script issues. You never know what happens during shooting, especially with indie films. There's a lot of things that just go wrong or you have to kind of pivot. And then when you get to the editing, um, the editing part of the process, there's a lot of things that you just have to kind of concede. In order to make the movie better, you maybe have to speed up scenes or not develop plots or cut a lot of footage or cut things differently. And there's a lot of times where, you know, the choices that I made on some of these films just were not the right choices. They just were not good choices. And unfortunately, you don't realize that until you make a finished product. But that's part of learning. That's part of, you know, getting better because now I'm like, all right, I'm not going to do that thing again. I'm just not going to make go down that road. And I put it on the ban list. Um, but you only get that through experience. It's not like I purposely went out there and I was like, no, this is the way to do it. And then I put it in the movie and it's a horrible thing. I'm like, no, that's, you know, that was the right choice. Most of the time it's, I just made a mistake and you just kind of learn from it and you move on and we're on the next project. So I don't really linger on it. If I had one movie and I made a whole bunch of bad choices then yeah, it probably would hurt a little bit more, but you know, I'm on to the next one. We're on to the Roger project. We're on to the Bigfoot. We take it, we learn and go forward. I think the second problem that you have is um, nobody's really seen a movie under a million dollars. It's just people just don't watch movies, um, indie movies. Um, there's communities of people that do watch um, indie movies on Tubi, and usually it's filmmakers and it's found footage people. Um, that's pretty much it. If you were to show it to your friend, um, immediately they could tell that it's a low-budget movie because it's less than a million dollars. To cheat that look, to cheat the high-profile uh, acting, um, all the details that go into a million-dollar movie are almost impossible to replicate on an indie level. And in order to compensate for that, you have to basically have a really, really, really good story and you have to have really, really good acting. And those are two things that are very difficult for an indie set um, or an indie filmmaking company to do. So immediately you're compared to Top Gun. 
like, and especially for us where we're very good at marketing, I'm marketing to people who like horror movies, who like bigger budget stuff. So they're clicking this ad and then they're buying our movie and they're like, what is this? This is not Top Gun. This is not Hereditary. This is not um, the Boogeyman or some of these bigger movies. And immediately they get pissed. But that's just the nature of the beast. And you have to get these people. You have to expand your audience for every, you know, 20 people who are going to be upset that your movie is not a hundred million dollar movie. You might find one or two that kind of like the concept or like what you're doing. And those people are worth it. Um, but unfortunately for most indie films, if you kind of look at them, uh, a five is very good on IMDb. Four is very good on IMDb. Anything less than four, um, you know, I think you kind of start to see the flaws in the movie at that point, but there's very, very few indie movies that um, have good reviews. It's just the nature of the beast. Um, so you kind of should expect this going into it, that your actors are going to get bad reviews, that your production is going to get bad reviews, that, you know, it's just going to come. You're not going to go out there and get tens, um, you know, all the way through. It's just not going to happen. And I think a lot of indie filmmakers kind of get – you know, punched in the gut when they see these reviews come in and they come in quickly. Um, but here's the thing. It's good to get these reviews because some of them will give you val valuable feedback um, is one of the, the most important things. Two, it means your movie's selling. If I don't see one star reviews, I get very concerned because that means the movie's not coming. And I'm I'm always like texting with actors or I'm texting with Kel. I'm like, where are these one stars? Because if we're not getting one stars, it means we're not hitting the audience that we need to be hitting. So when you do get these one stars and these bad reviews, that means your marketing is working and it's a good thing. Um, but I think you kind of just have to take, read all the reviews. I read all the reviews. I go through IMDb. I go through Amazon, read them all. I try and isolate what people have the biggest issue with, whether it's just um, the way I shot it, the way it's directed, story issues or acting issues. And I take that feedback and I move on. And that's pretty much it. But you're going to get a lot of people who are like one star. This is, this looks like a high school movie um, is, is a one that uh, we get a lot, which I think is absolutely hilarious. Um, but you just got to take the feedback and move on. That's it. I mean, these people, um, some people just like to, to shit on things. That's just the nature of the beast, um, especially with like TikTok and Instagram. But take the feedback, move on, make another movie, um, and you will you'll be more successful. I think the last thing I really want to kind of dive into on this episode is, again, the mindset of why your first movie is likely to be bad. And then the next episode, we'll kind of talk to the specifics of what's going to do that for you, most likely. Um, but I think, you know, everything we're talking about is a double edged sword to why the indie filmmaking process, typically that first feature will break a filmmaker. And you know, as we're talking about one in your head, it's always going to be much better than what's actually going to come out. Cause you have no clue. You're not clue to the process. So there's so many things that can go wrong. I think the pure design of how at least filmmaking is still being pitched to people out there where it's, you just got to make one, then you'll be able to contact someone, make a bigger one. You'll be able to contact uh, someone and make a bigger one. And then from there, you kind of get like the flywheel moving because someone is like, hey, let's level you up in this sense. So in most filmmakers mindset, it's almost kind of like I have to give all of my resources to get this one feature. But this one feature, I'll put every, my entire hopes and dreams on it and it'll do really great. And then I'll be a filmmaker. 
problem with that, as we mentioned, your first film is most likely going to be bad. So I think what ends up happening is if you had the mindset that this film is going to be bad because I am a beginner and because beginners need to learn and having something be bad is the first step to actually being really good because you can identify those things. But again, as a filmmaker, if you're heading into this with this idea that one, it's easy and you can do it. And two, you have to make this a big project so then that you can get a bigger project. You end up instead making, instead of making a small contained movie that you know you can recoup the costs on easily, that you can get the benefit from learning, you might find yourself making a hundred grand, 200 grand. I mean, you know, again, some of these first time filmmakers, somehow they get budgets, half a million, 1.5 million. I mean, it can scale up quickly for these filmmakers. And, you know, we always look at stories of someone, you know, spending maybe 1 million plus on their first feature, man, that's like, you know, that's like 50 features for us. That's a lot of features that you can do. And I think it's such a misstep that we see so commonly because of how the concept of films is you want to make the biggest thing you can make. So then you can work on a bigger feature versus the concept of, Hey, my first movie is probably going to be pretty bad. Let me contain this. Let me make this a learning process and let me make sure that going into this, I have a plan to make my second movie. Cause I think what happens is a lot of people go in there, this happens, they're not ready for it. And then they're just done. Sometimes they have a lot of debt. Unfortunately, sometimes they have a tax write off at best but it's really one of those things where that mindset can really cripple your career as a filmmaker. Yeah. Especially on the indie scene. Um, I mean, the filmmaking process is pain from start to finish because it starts with an idea in your head and in your head, the movie's perfect. You really like it. Um, everything, the acting's perfect because it's, it's your imagination. The problem is, is that once you start, you know, to write the script is going to be concessions. When you're on set, it's going to be concessions. Acting is not like you have in your head. You're going to have a lot of problems and then you go to editing and that's even more problems. Editing is probably the most painful point for most directors because at that point you can't really make the movie any better. You can add some pickups. Um, you can add some special effects. You can delay the inevitable, but for the most part, unless you want to shoot another movie, this is the footage you're going to get, and it looks completely different than what you had in your head for the last couple of years. So it's not a good process, and then you finally release it, and the reviews come in. The reviews are not good, and then you finally get that royalty check six months later, and it's peanuts. It's almost nothing. So to continue this process and make another movie is very difficult because there's really no light on the other, the end of the tunnel because you've gone through this whole thing and nothing really worked out well. And so I give a lot of respect to filmmakers who do make two movies. Um, I think it's, uh, you know, it shows the perseverance to go through this. And I think the second movie will be better. And I think you'll be more uh, or better prepared to, uh, you know, kind of do this stuff. But I do want to highlight first-time filmmakers who make a really good movie the first time. And they could be really talented. It could be very good. But if you kind of look at the producers, it's usually the producers on this project. And the biggest um, the biggest one I could kind of bring up as an example is Blumhouse. There's a lot of movies that Blumhouse produced that turned out very good for the first-time filmmakers. 
And then the filmmakers go and try and make other movies and they've been horrible. They're the only one that they had is Blumhouse. I think a 24 also does a very good job of cultivating new directors, but you can kind of see whenever those directors start to get a little bit more freedom, get a little bit more rope, their movies fall off very, very quickly. So making a good film, obviously it starts with the director, but it's also the team that's put around that director um, how many talented people work with that director? Because once again, filmmaking is a team sport. But I think a lot of times it comes from producers who've been through this process and can say, hey, don't do this. We did it before. It was bad. Um, go in another direction. And I think it would be interesting to see if I did produce a movie, how much I could get out of a first-time director, um, just knowing all the pitfalls. But you know, if you're coming in with no experience on any of these films, if you're coming in with no experience um, on filmmaking or indie sets in particular, because indie is extremely difficult in the Hollywood system, um, you know, I try and surround yourself with people who've done this stuff before would be the biggest, uh, you know, lesson. Um, and we try to do this with the first date. We try to surround ourselves with people who had experience doing this stuff. And it still didn't work out just because me as a director didn't have the experience that was needed and, you know, it caused a lot of issues. So I think that's a pretty big lesson as if you haven't done this before, one way to kind of help yourself out is to try and find people who are involved in the indie scene or have produced and actually uploaded uh, movies. And I think that might, you know, save you just a little bit of headache. I think that's actually one good last point to kind of highlight is, you know, the roles in all feature films are not created equally in the sense of on the scale of the indie scene. You know, one thing that you kind of mentioned is like Blumhouse is a fantastic job. And I think there's examples there where like you were saying, you have a really good production team when you're doing indie filmmaking, typically you are the production team. So I think there is kind of one last caveat to really talk about is, you know, a director on the set of a Hollywood film might only be making creative decisions for the most part, where they have a team of producers kind of coordinate every, they coordinate everything for you. And you are the producer and you are the indie filmmaker. You're typically wearing multiple hats. So on top of making those creative decisions, you're also the one doing the production. You're the one basically coordinate everything. So I think that's something too, to kind of get an idea of is there's so many different elements of, movie making and filmmaking that on the different scales it might you know dramatically change what actual roles you're supposed to do and i think a lot of time first time indie filmmakers go into it thinking that it's only the creative side of things when you know really as you mentioned it's it's more so the business and the management of other people and managing a set more so than the actual creative element so you know those first time directors that are part of a process like a blumhouse feature where you know the producers understand this is a first time director they probably are giving them a whole support system versus your first time indie maker going out there and you know figuring out how to get people together and actually get something on tape yeah i mean it's and it's also difficult because you're when you have to wear a lot of hats on an indie set um everything kind of gets watered down um just for example for me where i have to dp and you know i play the producer and i play the director 
I would love to just sit down and be able to work with the actors and really kind of work with them consistently and not have to worry about anything else. Um, but that's just not the case. You know, we do a lot of stuff in pre-production, which is why we say pre-production is super valuable because that is my time to work with the actors. When we get on set, at that point, I have the script pretty much memorized. We have been working on it for the past 60 days. Um, so I don't even, I literally don't even carry a script with me. I just have it from memory and then I'll have Dylan or someone else make sure the actors are hitting the beats and the dialogue just because I can't, you know, I have the headphones and I'm listening, but I'm also looking at the camera and I'm just making sure that we're hitting all the lines, but we have to move so quickly. We have to move so fast that you kind of, you just don't have that time to really kind of sit down and focus on one thing. Um, so I think, you know, you have to be aware of that too. Um, you know, there's so many things, there's so many moving pieces when you're making a film that it just becomes difficult to just prioritize one thing when I'm sitting here with the camera and trying to work with the actors and I have the weather pulled up on my phone because I'm playing, you know, amateur weatherman to see whether or not we can shoot later on the night or if we have to start moving pieces around. It's just very difficult and you only can be pulled in so many directions before, you know, the production starts to suffer, but that's indie filmmaking, you know, it's indie filmmaking one-on-one. Eventually we'll get to a point where, you know, we'll have somebody as a DP, we'll have someone, um, you know, handling a lot of the production stuff and, you know, we'll be able to focus more. And I think you'll see a, a quality jump, but you know, where we're at right now for the next, for the foreseeable future, the way we're making movies. Um, I just have to get better at basically doing all this stuff, but it's something you have to keep in mind as an indie filmmaker, you're going to be wearing a lot of hats and the hats are difficult and it's going to cause you to, you know, kind of pull your direction or your attention in different directions. Um, so you have to be, you got to be ready for that. And if you're not prepared, I think a lot of people in a lot of nervous breakdowns on set when they get on set and realize, oh, my God, there's 20 people asking me all these questions. I have to figure out what we're going to shoot. You know, what are we going to do with all this stuff? Uh, these actors aren't you know, doing what I want them to do. How do I fix this? And the best way to do that is just pre-production. But if you don't do your pre-production, man, you get on set and you don't have your pre-production done, that's like doing your homework or studying before a test and you get there, you're in for a world of pain um, because it's it comes at you fast and you got you got a lot on the line to make these these indie movies. Um, so just keep that in mind when you guys start, you know, start making your first feature. Yep, that is definitely going to be the case. So that's going to wrap up this episode. Again, in our next episode, we're going to get into the details of why your first indie feature is most likely going to be bad. But as we mentioned in the beginning, this is all part of the process and massive support to every single filmmaker out there who is making their dreams come true by making their first indie feature because it is a massive milestone and it does get easier. So be sure to take a look at our Discord channel online. We make movies for our fans with our fans. If you ever want to be part of the movie making process, that is the place to be. Or in the forest could potentially be out. A rent and review means the world to us. But until then, have a good one, my friends.